Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, it's been turned over. And the reigning champions have been tipped up. It is the best feeling in the world for Scotland. The best feeling in the world. They've won at Twickenham. They've beaten England. You can forget history. It's today about this bunch of Scotland players who have been magnificent from start to finish. Okay, so welcome to Rock and Roll, the uh, preview show for the second weekend of the Six Nations. Um, obviously, there's uh, two big games on Saturday, and then you've got the uh, Wooden Spoon Decider on Sunday. Um, as usual, obviously, I'm joined with Steph. Steph, how's today? How are you, how are you getting on? Yeah, not too bad. Still on my uh, come down from an exciting weekend, but I think I'm probably getting along a little bit better than our guest. So he's uh, twice as many appearances on the podcast now as Nick Abendanen made for England. So that's, uh, that's quite a feat. So Johnny McGinty's with us. What a record. I think I've just about recovered for the weekend, so ready to go again. <laughs> well, hopefully you're drinking for other reasons this weekend. <laughs> so we're going to do uh, join up, do a little preview. Uh, teams announced today, at least most of them. Obviously, we're still waiting on the uh, France Island to be confirmed. But we'll have a little run through and what we think, what we can expect. As always, the majority is probably going to be about Wales, Scotland. But uh, we'll take a little look elsewhere as well. So, should we start looking at Scotland first? Major ones for me is Cami uh, Redpath. Debut last week, had an absolute stormer. But uh, out with injury, how are you feeling about that one, Johnny? Yeah, not great. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd heard a rumour about Jamie Ritchie's injury last night and uh, and to be honest I'd thought if everybody in the pack plays like they did last week he's the one we could most afford to lose knew nothing about the two injuries in the backs and then seeing Cammy Redpath's 
and Sean Maitland's come out today and Cammy's looks quite serious as well. Um, to be honest, I'm not hugely worried about the guys that are coming in. Yeah, I think James Lang and Darcy Graham are both. I mean, you know, I'm not. It's not like I've looked at them and gone, "Oh fuck." <laughs> I think Lang, <laughs> Lang's fine. Darcy Graham's obviously got a bit of a spark, but I think we will miss some of the stuff that Redpath brought on the weekend more than we'll miss Maitland or Richie. Probably, I think Redpath's probably the main one. Yeah, I was looking at, looking at the squad myself when it was announced, and I, I think it looks. Although the Scotland squad itself is, you, you look at it and you think that's a, like that's a class team, and against most international teams, it's probably going to sort of you favour to win. But it looks weaker on paper than last Saturday. Do you think, Johnny? It's weirdly, it's the team that I would have picked for last week, given given a choice apart from Jamie Ritchie. And I had Jamie Ritchie in over Blade Thompson, but when I was picking my team for last week. I had Lang in over Redpath and I had Darcy Graham in over Sean Maitland. So I'm pretty happy with it. But having said that, Maitland and Redpath had two of the stronger games and and everybody had a great game on Saturday, but they probably had two of the best. So this time last week, I'd have said that the team we've got out for Saturday was the stronger one. Having seen them play against England on Saturday... And now probably would at least have taken Redpath, given the choice. When uh, the video came out of Finn juggling tennis rackets and his tennis ball, and I made a joke to you and said it's like uh, Scotland picking their back three, uh, picking their wingers, and you say, well, if you've got to pick between Graham and Maitland, it's an easy choice for me and Graham starts. And then yeah. this morning Maitland was ruled out and you were, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I um, I have to say I'm I'm eating my words a bit about Maitland because I said I said some probably not massively complimentary things about him when the team came out last week, but he had he had a great game and he's he's always solid for Scotland. I think Scottish fans want to see Darcy Graham because he's a bit more exciting, whereas Maitland's a bit more solid, so he kind of maybe doesn't get the respect he deserves. Yeah, I think uh, we get that a lot with players as well with someone. Something new and exciting. And he's a good, good finisher as well. Obviously, he's yeah. his try record speaks for itself. But we get that one in who like people come couldn't wait to throw Louis Rissamit in. I know he got his, his trial weaker, but yeah, people just want that new and exciting. It's always a winger or it's always a ten. Yeah, it's always one or the other where they just can't wait to throw a new young player in. But I, there's no easy one to come up against. I thought that uh, we might switch wingers. I. Do, Duan on the, the wing up against Louis Rissamit. I thought we might have put yeah. Sanjay on him just because he's a bit more edge shot to throw something in the way. So it's a big test for, for Zamit yeah. to come up against Duan. But that's yeah. that's something that's, although they're wearing 11 and 14, they might, that might actually happen anyway in the game, mightn't it? Might just get named as left and right, but actually start the other way around. We'll see. I think that's the thing with Darcy Graham as well. Um, where I would probably rather have had Maitland with the fact that you guys have got Williams and Halfpenny and Biggs all playing and it's like it's a myth that Darcy Graham's not good under the high ball just because he's a little bit shorter he's yeah. actually fine he's he's solid under the high ball but Maitland is great under the high like Maitland's kick defence is probably one of the strongest parts of his game so having seen you guys having Sanji and Halfpenny and Bigger that's what I would have quite liked to have Maitland in for. Yeah. 
I don't think it's going to be a massive problem with Darcy. I don't think it's as huge a problem as everyone seems to imagine that it is. But still, you're mm-hmm. talking about someone who's a competent international winger under the high ball in Graham or someone who's basically a specialist in, in Sean Maitland. So it's maybe a bit, we're maybe stepping down a little bit there, but nothing too serious, I don't think. And watching him at club level, he seems to have got a hell of a leap on him. Like you say, he's a small guy, yeah. but he gets some bloody air when he when those eyeballs go up. So I don't think it's going to be too much of a worry. But as you said, with Wales have essentially got four players who can play fullback on there. So you've got four players who like that eyeball and like to get underneath it and like to, to get air themselves. So we'll see. But I think coming the other way, Duan. Uh, did what do so do I, that's easy for me to say and went through Mark Wilson like he was a, a scrum off and not the fucking colossus that he actually is. So a young winger coming up against that and then Graham offers you the complete opposite on the other wing that he's a bit fleet of foot and will go over and under players a bit like trying to catch road runner. Yeah I think I think if if they're coming inside to take sort of an inside pop off the back of a, a set piece, it's two things basically as completely different as you could possibly get. You're either going to get Darcy Graham who'll nip underneath you before you've even noticed he's there, or Doohan who you'll definitely notice is there coming from the other way. So <laughs> it should be interesting. We'll see how, how we go. Lee Thompson as well in the in the back row offers a slightly different carrying style. Perhaps to uh, to what we've seen against England, a bit better, yeah. a bit more open. Yeah, he's he's a good one to have in for this game as well because obviously he knows the Welsh boys a lot better than anybody else. Spends much more time with them. So, like I say, losing Jamie Ritchie is the one that I was least worried about. I think Blake Thompson's uh, definitely an adequate, probably more than adequate replacement. He's got good inside knowledge on the Welsh boys as well, and like you say, his carrying style is totally different. Yeah, and so you still seem to have got quite a nice balance in the back row. Like you, your back row looked pretty balanced last week by losing Richie and bringing him in. It hasn't changed too much because you still got that big ball carrying from Ferguson. And then you've got Amish who'll stick his head anywhere. And yeah. So you, you still perhaps uh, slightly less grit as well, though, from, from Blade Thompson because I don't think he gets much grit yet than Richie. Yeah, he's not as much of a shithouse as. as <laughs> But then we've still got Gary Graham on the bench as well, and and he was really really good when he came on. He he's a he's a bit of a a hard hard case really. Um, the other thing that um, Blake Thompson gives you is something that Scotland don't actually need is another option in the lineup, isn't it? Yeah, our, our lineup was the best it's been for a long time on Saturday past, and then throwing Blake Thompson in there as well should hopefully just make it even better. And that's got to be. A massive worry for Wales, I think, though, haven't it? Like, we yeah. Scotland's line out function perfectly off their own line out and then put a Todger in the pressure, a Todger and Jamie George. And I know people say the old Saracens thing, I'm passing that off as bollocks. I, I know they haven't played as much, but people have way overplayed their hand on just how important that was because the Todger was still the best player on the pitch. Yeah, and, and they, they, they still both played all the Ottoman internationals as well. It's not like yeah. You know, Billy only like I could kind of see it with Billy when he only played that one game against Ealing. But the rest of Saracens boy played all the internationals, and most of our club players have played since the end of the Autumn Cup. Have played what 
three Pro 14 games and one European game, it's not a massive difference. No, and this seems to always be the English media way of doing things, where when a Celtic nation perform well, they say, ah, well, they're performing well because they don't play as many games and they rest their players. And then when they reverse, they go, ah, yeah, but the... We haven't played many games, and they carried on playing. So, like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Either, either the rest helps, or like, you need game time. Don't you can't twist it because exactly the same thing always happens with the the Champions Cup as well. They have a bad year in the Champions Cup, and it's because ah, we've played more games. Yep, it just pisses me. Sean, Sean Maitland missed the autumn because he was busy trying to wreck the Barbarians, so he hadn't played a competitive game <laughs> since like last March, and he was great on the weekend. So yeah, and a Saracens player. So, uh-huh. they can shut up their ass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Lions are big, and it'll be interesting to see because Wales, two new centres, two still relatively inexperienced centres, changes in the centre as well for Scotland. Uh-huh. What will Lang bring different to, to Redpath then? Lang's a really good first receiver. Um, He's, he can cover a bit of 10, which I know Redpath's done a bit of as well, but I think I've seen Lang do it more recently. He's another really good defender. Um, him, and, him and Harris are probably our most defensively-minded centre partnership, I think, yeah. uh, which should be good with the two kind of relatively unexperienced guys in Wales. We should hopefully manage to prevent them from really doing anything with those two guys in defence. I would expect to see Hugh Jones maybe a bit earlier this week than last week, because... They are both really good defenders and, and Lang's really good at kind of popping in for first phase and stuff, but they're not the most imaginative, maybe imaginative's not right, they're not the most dynamic attacking centres in the way the red path was. So I'd expect to see one of them maybe hooked for Hugh Jones where he can maybe bring a bit of a spark. If we're, if we're looking to score more points, Hugh Jones is certainly our more sort of attacking-minded one, so we might see him earlier than we did last week. And Hugh Jones actually in the centre as well? Uh, yeah, I would think so. <laughs> hope, hope so. He's played just about everywhere else. Is he? Yeah, player. he came on on the wing on the weekend. He was on the wing. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's, it's nice to see him back and kind of doing something a bit different. But he wants to be playing thirteen, and and he's a bit different. The two centers that we've got in the starting lineup, so he might bring something a bit different at thirteen this week. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there's. Do you think perhaps Finn could move out to twelve as well, and and Van der Volt come in at ten? I've something? seen, yeah, I've seen talk of that. That would be like that's us going up to full madness if that happens. <laughs> so we're, we're expect we're expecting that to happen after sixty minutes when you're trying to chase the game, then Johnny. Yeah? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I genuinely was trying to think what's going to happen this weekend, and and I don't know, but I don't think anybody's going to be chasing it. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Yeah. Yeah, I, switching over to uh, to the away team as well. Then, uh, like Wales's injury list seems insane. Every time I looked this week, he had another injury. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were getting ready to come on, and I opened up BBC Sport and I misread the headline that had the words "Liam Williams Wales" an injury in it, and I thought, "Ah, oh, fuck, not another one." <laughs> it was injury at Wales. <laughs> Recall Liam Williams. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That was a, a hard stop moment then. Um, it still looks stronger than I expected though, when you see the injury list and then you see, like, I'm trying to work out what players are still fit and whether we've even got enough to fill a bench. 
And then when you see the na- the squad announced, you go, "No, actually, it's not a." It's not a yeah, player. it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Like I think with all the injuries and stuff, a few people were thinking, "No, oh, you know, Wales are going to be ropey for this weekend." And then, but I saw the squad, and I was like, "No, they're they're definitely not." <laughs> I was just going to say, there's a lot of places where you're looking at and thinking that's going to be a fairly decent battle. Like the wings, the wings are going to be it. That's four really, really good wingers. Yeah. Um, Halfpenny and Hogg are obviously both brilliant. The back rows are still looking, even with even with one huge name out of each, are still looking pretty decent. So there should be some fairly good battles. At the back row, I particularly like that it seems to have sort of matched up now. Mm. Like if you've got Watson and Tipperick, who you think are both going to be at that breakdown and looking to, to cause havoc. I mean, Watson's a bit more mental and his carrying style is a little bit more direct, I would say, than, than yeah. perhaps. But then you look at your eights, you've got you know, very similar in this style of they're not big, boshing eights like you'd expect it of a Billy Vunapola or anything. They perhaps a more rounded game where they're still good ball carriers, they still make meters, but in a slightly different way. And then two good ball carrying sixes as well now that uh, Wainwright's come in and played Thompson. Mm-hmm. So you've got two. I think Wado's probably a slightly better carrier than Thompson. You might. That's where you might edge it. I think. I'd, Thompson, I I kind of like around the park. I think his problem's been he hasn't had a good run without injuries for quite a while, and I don't think he's quite at form. If he hits for, he looks super. Like I, I'm not going to put Wayne right down at all because when Wayne right the same when he's fit and carrying, he looks absolutely superb and he looks lightning quick for a blindside. But I think Blade Thompson's a good carrier as well. And if he can find a little bit of form and, and now give him a chance, because he's had a bit of a, a shit time with yeah. injuries at, at the wrong time. Not there's ever a right time to have an injury, but you know what I mean. I think it's just think it should be a banging game all around. And like you say, I'm, I'm, the one thing where I'm really confident that Scotland have caught it is that I think our line-out's a lot better. Yeah. I was, I was really confused... I expected all of your line-out problems to go away when Ken came back. And then they didn't at the weekend. And I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe this I is think, more of a problem than I thought. Yeah, I think that's kind of been what other people have thought. And I'm not going to mention any names, but some people have pinned the blame on, on Ryan Elias quite often. And I, I don't think it's ever been that issue. The issue has never just been down here. It's always the easy cop when a lineup isn't functioning to blame the hooker. So maybe I'm just a bit sensitive of it being a hooker. But it's always the easy thing to go, well, that's not a good throw. That's not where there's so many more parts of that. And then Wales didn't have uh, their lifters that they had had the year before. Their lineup caller isn't there in Corey Hill. So it was like starting from scratch, and then you bring in a new forwards coach, a new system, new calls, and it just hasn't worked at the minute. Like it's it's been too long without it working, especially for someone like Humphrey seemed to have been doing well where he was going as a forwards coach. So quite why it's taking so long. And yes, it's reached the stage that it's a worry now, I think. Yeah, and like it was it was a bit concerned for a while and then it got really bad in the autumn and then it didn't get any better when Ken came back and now you're like, oh, that's that's now a problem. Like, so it's always been fixed sharp. It's always been one of our problems, I think, with the line-out. I think no matter who's coached, at some point we've had major issues with the line-out. But usually we've been able to rectify them a bit quicker. Mm. It's going to be yeah. fine, though, because with the, with our injury record at the minute, I think for the England game, Gary Price is playing it, aren't he? 
<laughs> I, I think Tom had the right idea and we need to learn from Argentina and just chuck, chuck their father up on the roof and just keep walking the ball at him until uh, we get the line. <laughs> we'll get, get someone lifting elsewhere. But yeah, you get the feeling it's the same with the line-out as with Wales as a whole. Like, if it clicks, you feel like it, it can be something good. The question is, will it ever click? Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't, it's going to be horrific. Like, and I think it'll always be horrific and it'll go down as an absolutely, especially for Pivak, it'll go down as a terrible rain. Whereas if it clicks, we could be talking about Wales playing this exciting new brand of rugby, which if you look as well, like we've had this conversation, like Super Rugby and the Rugby Championship, they're always ahead of the curve and they're playing that style of rugby, they're playing offloading, they're playing attacking rugby, they're playing a bit more open than this, less per eight forwards in a line and then a scrum off a kick from behind the eighth one. Like, the game is changing back to being a running game in the Southern Hemisphere and it's down to us to catch up with that now. Mm. And I think France are doing that as well and that's why they're looking a bit better because they started to do that last year as well and everyone else is playing catch up now. Yeah. I think I think the big thing for us as well coming into this weekend is we haven't made any, we haven't had any changes in what I thought was our best feature last week, which is the front, which is the front five. I think the front five were, were superb against Ireland, and adding into the fact that you've obviously got with that back row Tipperick and Falatau and Wainwright, who clearly he's going to have something to prove, and he's going to want to obviously put a statement out there because he wasn't due to be picked, and he's only picked because McLeod got injured in training. So obviously the fact that we've come out and said that. The, there's a player that's what has what, what wasn't picked at all last week, wasn't going to be picked this week, but is now in due to an injury. He's going to want to fight for his place. He's he could be quite key, like Johnny said about the ball carrying for us, um, with with Wayne coming back into that team because he's going to want to show Pivak that Pivak was potentially wrong and not picking him. Yeah, he was. Uh, you say about the the front rows are being strong as well, but I think it's always been one of the areas where rightly or wrongly as well, Scotland has always been well they weak up front. I think that's completely gone. No one's yeah. got a notion of that. Yeah. I think our front, our front five were, like you guys, were outstanding. They were probably our, our kind of most impressive unit last weekend. And then, so the, the worry that I have now is slightly different from Wales, where you're like, can we put it all together? It's, we did start to put it together last week, and now it's, can we sustain that? And one of the, one of the names that jumps to mind when you think about that is George Turner, who was phenomenal last weekend, hasn't played much international rugby, was brilliant, and now you're thinking he's one of the guys that's like, did he did he empty the tank against England? Is he able to, to keep doing it? Or was that him like giving it everything he possibly had? And then you worry about that, even with like some of the more experienced guys, uh, like Hoggy had a phenomenal game. And you think, is he able to keep up that sort of level? Johnny Gray had his best game for Scotland in a long time, and we need to see every game at that level out of him. So there's there's kind of places across the park where you're thinking there were outstanding performances against England last week, but can they keep up that level of performance? Because if they don't, then we start to get in a hole again, and then you don't know what's going to happen from there. Does, uh, does taking your points... Were you on that front after last week? Slightly. I'm not as concerned about it as I, as I probably would have been before because our defence is so good now. Yeah. So I think as, as long as we're playing sort of long periods in the shadow of the opponent's posts like we were last week, 
it's not a massive concern if you don't take the points every time you're there. But we need to start coming away with much more points than, than certainly than we did last week. That's a big thing as well when you've got an opposition where you've got the legs of Halfpenny and Bigger that can kick from pretty much halfway. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't say that we're a team that has to come away with points every single time we get into 22 because we defend so well that we're kind of not expecting teams to pile loads of points on us just now. But we can't, we can't be in the 22 for a whole game and come away with 11 points. That's not enough. Mm. Well, you'll be pleased I'll, to know as well, we seem to like playing in the shadow of our own posts. Judging by last week, we, we seem to make no intent to, to get out of there at all. So, <laughs> you don't need to worry about that. Well, that's what we're going to be trying to do to you on Saturday night, I think, anyway, so. With um, talking about players getting the opportunity to come in and make an impression, do we want to talk about the Reese Webb-shaped elephant in the room? <laughs> and... Uh, Lloyd Williams being called up instead. <laughs> it's just, it's just laughable, isn't it? Like I, I get, I get the point that has been made. Obviously, that Reese Webb, if if Reese Webb has been told he's clearly going to be third choice, then he doesn't need to get picked. But surely, surely, he's better than Lloyd Williams. And I'm saying I love Lloyd Williams. I'm a Blues fan, but Lloyd Williams has got to be fifth, sixth on that list. There's no way. There's no way he would be the first call up when someone like Thomas gets injured. I just don't get it. I'm um, I'm not a fan of Lloyd Williams at this level, and I'm not a Blues fan. But I think he's he's very much a regional level player. And he, mm-hmm. He's a good player for the Blues. He is a good regional level player. I've got the issue with with Webb that he's made it quite clear he's not going to play third fiddle. He said that. I think if I'm Pivak and I'm in his shoes, am I going to backtrack and say, well, despite me saying he's not going to be there and then him saying, well, I'm not going to play third choice, am I going to go to him with my my begging ball? Come, come, come on, Reese, you sure? I think, uh, I think I don't know if I would have done anything different, to be honest. I know that there, there'll be a outcry today, but he's been given the opportunity. He said he won't play third choice. I think that... If you don't want to do, it, if you don't, if you don't, if you think you're better than that, you know. I think it all does depend on what he was planning on doing for for the for the game. If he was always planning on Hardy being on the bench because Thomas is injured, then I get why why Lloyd's been called up. But if he's classing, if he's classing Hardy as better than which he obviously is, as better than Webb, and if Webb had been called up, he would have always been third choice and didn't want to come. Then then I totally understand why he's chosen to pick Lloyd because. But if Webb's gonna, if Webb's surely, if Webb's gonna be called up, Webb should be on the bench or starting. Not third choice. Do you think as well it's not just down to ability, it's down to who can who you believe can action that game plan? That oh, you yeah, yeah. Well, it showed, it showed up when he came to Ireland because when he came to Ireland, obviously, I mean, in the autumn, obviously Lloyd was called up and Lloyd was on the bench. And I know there was obviously discussion or Lloyd Williams changed the game, whatever. He, did, he didn't necessarily. We, like you said at the time when we did pods, he... It was just at that point, moment in time, we got some go forward. And whoever the scrum half is at that point is like, you're going to play better and it's going to be more of a running game. But we I think about two forwards just before he came on, I think, didn't we? And I can't remember who made it. Was it Win Jones made the original? Win Jones come on just before half time for Reese Carey, didn't he? Yeah. And did, didn't he 
he made a break, didn't he? Went to and then another break, and Lloyd Williams played off the back of that. Yeah, it's always easier to say. Like I'm not doubting Reese Webb's ability; he's an absolute quality player, and he is international quality. And if you're picking on ability, I I think you know he, he probably is mm-hmm. our best nine. The issue that I've got is if Pivak doesn't want to play him for whatever reason, and then gives him the opportunity, like. <laughs> It always comes across with that little bit of, of arrogance that when Pivak said he knows what he's been told to work on, he's been told to work on his pace and his passing, and then that weekend does an interview and says, I'll work on nothing, essentially. I'm happy with what I'm doing. It was almost Conor McGregor style, wasn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> the, way, like the way it comes across. I, I, you kind of only got yourself to blame if you're not being called up. It's, yeah, it's, it's a weird situation where I think that, like, I don't necessarily disagree with what either of them are saying, but they, but neither of them came out of that situation looking well at no. all. Like, yeah, like Webb probably does look like a bit of a dick, but at the same time, he's the form nine in Wales. He's a Test lion. He's a Grand Slam winner, and if if Pivak's going to phone him up and say, "Oh yeah, I want you to come and be third choice," he's well within his rights to say. No, I'll, actually, I think I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, and then at, this, at the same time, Pivak's well within his rights as the coach, who's got a game plan and who's got his players in mind to say, "Well, that's what I want you to do." So if you don't want to do that, you can be, beat it. Basically, yeah, they both look—they both look like dicks the way they've gone about it, but they've both like the both of their reasons for doing it are pretty valid. I think. Yeah, I think um, and you mentioned obviously that the Reese Webb shaped. Um, elephant in the room. Can we also mention about the Will Rowland shaped elephant in the room? Because I still don't understand why he gets picked. When you've I got someone like Jake Ball there, really I have no idea why he's picked in the squad. I think that's really awesome. When you watch him at Premiership level, you can see what he does. He's a good big ball carrier. He works hard. I think he looks superb for Wasps. And it hasn't clicked for Wales yet. But then arguably in the past year, you could argue which player could you pick out who's one that's really clicked. He's looked superb. Mm. I think Will Rowland. See, you watch him for Wasps week in, week out. He looks a quality second row. I I personally think he's international level. I think he'll get there, but I think he'll get there as the rest of the team does as well. But I I don't see the point in picking him in a squad where he's going to get there when you've got someone that has got there and would probably offer more off the bench and someone like Jake Ball. But then, by the same talk, carry yes, I know. From from the summer, so yeah, but I, I just, I just you, think you can only hopes on Jake Ball, and then Jake Ball isn't going to be there, and then who fills in? And then we've got a, a position like Ireland with ten, where they all complain that Sexton perhaps shouldn't be playing ten, but then they haven't actually got anyone who can replace him either because no one's been given the chance to play ten because Sexton's always played ten. But surely the the ball argument is similar to him calling recalling Dan Lydiot. Because Ball's playing better than Roland, I believe, and he's not get, getting in twenty three. When Stan Lydia was playing well and got in this, got in this up. Yes, he got injured, but I think Ball as a player, all, all round game, is better than Roland's for our for for us at the minute. And he wants to go into competition to win it, and he's made that obvious. But he's not picking one of our better second rows. Perhaps, uh, perhaps Will Roland twats people less in training as well. <laughs> Perhaps Will Rowland's karma doesn't just go around fucking knocking out captains. So, <laughs> should we leave the? Uh, are we going? Do you want to make a prediction? Is anyone going to going to call it? Is anyone going to be bold enough? 
Well, just before we came on, um, I was just chatting to Johnny and I, I, I saw the Wales team before I saw the Scotland team and I looked at that centre partnership and thought, well, you're going to get spanked. Um, I didn't even look at the rest of it. I just saw who was in centre and thought, no, like not necessarily battering, but I thought it'd be convincing 10, maybe seven to 10 points for Scotland. Um, but I'm not as I'm not as sold on that partnership in the centre for Scotland as Johnny is. And I, I think the I think if we get parity up front, I think Tompkins and Watkin could and then with Hallahola off the bench, who I think is going to be fantastic, could cause problems for Scotland. So I'm going to say Wales by five. Johnny? I think Scotland would by the same. I've I've written my I've gone Scotland by six. I think we I think Scotland are just going I think to it is going to be close, but I think we will edge it. And I, I repeat what I said earlier this week. Like for me, this is still about growing for Wales. So I think I'd take a performance over a win, which isn't usually the kind of thing that you should say during international rugby, I know. But we are still a team in transition. If we got a good performance against Scotland, and it's it's been a long time since I think anyone's been able to say that, that you take a good performance against Scotland, even if you don't win it. <laughs> because <laughs> you went through those barren years where anything less yep. than win would have been slightly I was uh... I was speaking to some of the guys on Sunday and we were having a conversation along the lines of looking at the remaining games and trying to work out who might beat us. Whereas every other year we'll look at the remaining games and try and work out which ones we might possibly win. <laughs> so it's, it's, um, it's a fairly, it's a different feeling. We haven't had this for a while, so hopefully we can keep it up. I dog that this is the biggest game of the tournament for both teams as well. Because Yeah, I think yeah, so. I getting, getting that first win's an important win, and obviously for you is against England as well, which is always a massive win. But this game is the right now prove it wasn't a one-off. No prove that it was. It's the difficult second album. Yeah, yeah, and I think like like Ryan says, it's all about getting the getting the domination up front, and so that comes down to guys like George Turner. If if he could put in the same performance in terms of line out and up front as he did last week, I think we should be relatively comfortable. But then we need to start scoring, not all the time, but we need to start start taking our chances more because we were completely in control for 75 minutes against England and never comfortable at all. So <laughs> we, we, need to, we need to combine the control with getting far enough ahead that we do feel comfortable and that means converting a couple more chances. If we could do that, I think we should be all right. Yeah, that's all. So, um, England, Italy. England have they, just England have they've just gone fully gone, operational, haven't they? Yeah, Rankers. they've just gone six-two split on the bench. They've gone a big pack. They're going to try and bully Italy, empty the tank, get the other six forwards on, empty the tank again. It's going to be similar to the game when they won the Grand Slam. Was that? It was last year, wasn't it? In Italy. Yeah. It's just going to be attritional. Um, I feel I feel for Italy because. I hope I'm wrong, but I think it could be a bigger margin than last Saturday, because I think I think with France they cut Italy to shreds. But sort of later on, I think England have a chance of potentially doing that a bit earlier because the how big the forwards are. I think it's going to take out of Italy a lot sooner, a lot quicker. Um, so I hope I'm wrong, but I can see England beating Italy by more than what France did. Yeah, it's going to be a long old day for them, I think. You, you saw how disorganised the, the Italian defence got 
against that French pack. And the English pack's going to just absolutely pulverise them. They're going to have no chance to get their defence organised. And their backs who didn't get any chance to see the ball last week, the English backs, are going to come out firing, I think, Watson and Daly. And against the disorganised defence, they've got no chance, I don't think. Mm. You kind of felt a bit sorry for Italy last week because with bowling and they created some nice things. They played some nice rugby. Obviously, the try chalked off. The try that they scored was just class. The problem being because they were so young, I think it was a bit easy to get this out. And there was moments where they, they just lacked that grit, that determination, that just like, oh, someone just to grab hold of someone by a collar and, you know, let this put some in in this. And they fell away so easily. So on the back of that, and France putting 50 points on you, and then you've got to turn around and play England next. And they put the big, horrible bastards in. Yeah. I, it, it's not nice for them. <laughs> I genuinely feel sorry for some of those boys who were 19, 20-year-old and suddenly you dropped in at this level. Yeah, I think we might see those two, their two better props who their, their ideas kind of... What was it they want to bring them on after half an hour? Yeah. They brought them on after about 20 minutes against France. I can see them coming on after 10 minutes against England. Because <laughs> they've brought they've brought Marco and Kyle Sinclair back. So and probably a better scrummaging, I think, a better scrummaging hooker in, in Cowan Dickey. Although yeah. Jamie George is probably one of the best hookers in the world. I think he, as a scrum, as a scrummager, I think Cowan Dickey's a bit better. So that, that front row is just going to try and pulverizing the, uh, Italy, isn't it, early on as well. Yeah, so and then obviously forward back in behind as well as a orchestrator and creator a little bit. It's, it doesn't look nice all round, does it? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It, it doesn't. And and I I was looking at the, the England team before we came on, and it also for me doesn't look balanced because I know there's been a lot of calls this week in regards to someone like Farrell obviously being dropped because they in the, like first. Um, Loss at home to Scotland, thirty odd years, um, etc. And he's not—he's not playing well. And yes, he's part of the the, the Saris team that I'm sort of playing. But Fowl at twelve, Slade at thirteen, doesn't seem balanced to me. Like I you don't look... think it needs to be though, does it? That's the trouble. No, but yeah. I think need the or we'll play one career. And I mean, it's not like they're new to each other. It's not like it's a new pairing. No, I, I, but, but, I, I know, I know they've done it before. Part. But I just think that, like, you look at the, 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 like, for example, back in the day, like, Nono and Smith was a partnership for, for New Zealand. Like, Tyndall and, and Greenwood, they, they, was, they, was, they played well together because they had some differences. But for me, I just, I don't see how them two playing in the centre partnership with, with Ford inside gives much, like, hope for cutting defences. And I know they've got the three guys outside them, they've got the forwards, and that's probably not the game plan Eddie Jones wants to play. But surely having another option in that centre, even playing someone like Malins, who's more of a ball player, and, and like even picking him at twelve or something, I think, or even or even putting Slate in at twelve and putting Lawrence at thirteen. I just think that backline, it, it's, you're going to see things like you saw against Scotland, where it's going to get to Farrell, he's just going to kick it, because I don't see how Farrell playing at twelve allows England to have a running game when you've got a running ten like Ford. No, I'm going to disagree with you. I, I don't think there's any issue with... I've never noticed a massive issue with Farrell and Slade in the past. I don't think it's ever been anything that stands out. They, they've looked good together on a big stage against big teams. 
I especially don't think it's going to be an issue against young Italians. Although yeah. the French period, at uh, the French period, the centre period is pretty good. But the centre's played well. I, I think um, Zanon's out, Disney, so it's yeah. Breck, Breck has gone to thirteen. Yeah. yeah. So I Breck looked superb last week. The way he carried, he cut lines, he looked absolutely brilliant. But I don't think England are going to worry at all about whether Farrell and Slade go together. Now they they might be missing a bit of lump power in the centres, but then Italy are, are playing Canada at 12 and he's basically a 10 as well, so if Farrell needs to run at him and smash him out the way, he probably can. Whether, yeah, he, but... whether he uses his arms or not. <laughs> I think like I think they might be slightly more concerned about Farrell and Slade if they were playing a team with with a couple of big experienced centres, mm. but they're not. They're playing a team with a 10 at 12 and a guy at 13 who's got three or four caps. And so like let them have a have a bash and see what happens. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they're going to be in a position where where they need a big lump of a ball carrying 12. And they're thinking, God, I wish we had a Manu type character in here because they're not going to be in that position against Italy, so it's not going to be a worry for them. Yeah, for, for this for this weekend, I, I, obviously it's not going to matter. I just think generally for them to for them to be consistently even challenging for us to like World Cup in a couple of years' time and so on. I don't see how that 10, 12, 13 access is going to necessarily work. I think I think Ford for me and like we all know uh, Robbie obviously with his video recently about his being the world's best ten. I think Ford for me should start a ten, but I don't see then where I don't see Farrell and Slade be in the centre partnership, one or the other. I don't think you need them both. I think I think they need to have other options there, and maybe this would have been the game to go to someone like Farrell. We're gonna play Slade and Lawrence, and Ford start the ten, and to maybe bring him off the bench if he got tight, etc. Because I think it gives them the option of what happens if Farrell gets a bad injury in, at the end of the tournament and he's out for a year or whatever. You need to look at that option. And against Italy, where well, you're probably going to win anyway. Look at it. Do you think they would have done that if they'd won, or he'd, or we'd won, but he'd played well last week? Do you think? Do you think he's in there because they need to get everything right? I think so. I think what what was made clear as well was perhaps it's not as solid as they thought it would be. I think they they thought that that by going that will pick, but they they looked incredibly poor anyway. Mm. A lot of that came from Scotland just putting pressure on them the whole time. Scotland didn't get out of their face. So I think that was a lot. But they fluffed chances as well, didn't they, where they had just a chance to give. And I'd, Scotland did the same to them last year, to be fair. Like, I don't know how Scotland went better last year because they, England did exactly the same. Then Scotland got in their face and rattled them early. Mm. And then it just ended up being a shit game. Was it last year where Youngs kept kicking into touch as well? Yeah, it was that was last year at Moneyfield when it was horse and rain the whole time. Yeah, and Eddie Jones claimed that someone threw uh, rubbish at him. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would try picking him at nine for England because <laughs> Ben Young's not made a fucking target once yet. So, <laughs> um, I don't think there's much else to say on France uh, on England. Italy. That's twice I've said France. Apart from, <laughs> apart from, let's wait for a couple of years' time when we can all go batshit crazy when there's a nine and ten above Garbizis. Well, what I want as well is, um, I, I don't know who, but if someone can just fake an injury for Italy 
Yeah. And see if they can get a dog go across quickly from England. Now it's clear that Eddie's not even going to bother picking him. <laughs> so he just played him to stop England play, uh, stop Italy playing him. I did see because there was messages coming through today about England and Italy. We're going to have a tune in. So obviously, I thought they'd gone to the shadow squad because <laughs> it sounds so terrifying. Like, I don't know. I don't really know what the shadow squad is, but <laughs> it sounds like a, a team of assassins, but it's just players who weren't quite good enough for the main squad, but the clubs didn't want to release. But the shadow yeah. squad sounds like a great, the shadow squad versus, versus the finishers. Eddie's. Blimey. Yeah, that's Eddie knows his way around a bit of wording, doesn't he? That's that's one of the oh, things you have to say for him. Eddie should be in PR, like that's subs and reserve players become finishers and shadow squads. <laughs> I'm all over that. Are we gonna make a prediction then? Is anyone gonna be bold enough? <laughs> England by at least fifty. I've just got England by many. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think Italy are going to score more tries than they did. I'll say something in the region of like 52-17. I wouldn't be surprised if Italy run a few tries in, to be fair. I, I wouldn't shock me at all if they... I, would, I, I tell you what, though, I would love it if they won. <laughs> <laughs> if get, they get, win. Get, get an injury early to their fullback, bring on Tommy Allen, playing with three tens and absolutely smash England. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I, I was going to say if they win and then come up with something stupid that they would do, but I can't think of anything <laughs> enough that would that would fit. So, speaking of which, Cretan for France supposedly not playing the, in the island game. Yeah, that's the rumor anyway. Yeah, he's in my fantasy yeah. team as well. Cretan uh, and Teddy Thomas, I believe, are out. Can I ask both a question? In my fantasy team, is that <laughs> is that potentially to? Be replaced by Cameron Wokey because if so, I'm going to be fuming because I took Wokey out and put Cretan in. No, it's not. George. Yeah. So him, him, him in for Cretan and then Teddy Thomas out as well, is he apparently? Yeah, and Damien Pinot's in for him. Yeah, which is a, I mean, that that's France all over. You can take a player as exciting as Teddy Thomas out. Yeah. No, in, instead, I mean, bloody hell. That's taking the piss. Is that allowed? Yeah. It's getting a bit far, isn't it? Oh, and then Intermax started training today as well. I was just going to say, I know Intermax back in the <laughs> So should they need a replacement in? His face is fixed. He's still beautiful and he's still an amazing rugby player. So That's what I missed when I was at work today because I've seen on our group chat that there was a conversation going on about uh, Intermax, but I didn't actually read it back. So he's not necessarily fit, but back training. Yeah, back full training with Toulouse. Yeah, so Intermax in, in training, obviously... He's not being called up unless anything happens. And then, but it should anything happen to the two fantastic tens that are already in the squad and are young and brilliant and a bit nuts, then they've got Ntomak, who's young and brilliant and slightly less nuts, to come in and replace them. So, so he's not being called up until, unless anything happens or until they win their first four and have a chance of having a grand slam against Wales and then he'll be called up to start and probably win the game. Well, to be fair, if they keep playing like they have and we keep playing the way we have, I don't think they particularly need him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the idea that we could be going to France to win a Grand Slam is fucking bonkers. Oh, no, I meant I meant from a French point of view. If they go four from four, uh, yeah. But, yeah, let's, let's not get overexcited with 
the win against Ireland. <laughs> Ireland obviously changes as well because James Ryan is out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And is out. <laughs> <laughs> is it right that that's his first suspension? That I, I, yeah. I saw someone say that, yeah. yeah. That means he's got away with a lot, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but he does a lot of charity work. You've got to let him off, and he. <laughs> His dad owns a top-grade like... biscuit shop. <laughs> I suppose Al Capone hadn't done any time until they caught him. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those ones. Um, Reese Ruddock also due to start is the the rumours in the Irish Times today. He's coming in for for Peter Romani. So, what are they going for, Ruddock? Stander and who else? Van der Fleer. Van der Fleer. So they've got, yeah, the, the possible that, that the Irish Times are going with is uh, Keenan Earls, Ringrose, Enshaw, Low. Sexton is playing. Should he be? Do we think that no. Sexton should be playing? No. no. It seems. A bizarre and, one. I don't want to come across as a French doctor at all. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not a French urologist, so you can get to fuck, I'll say what I want. There is no chance he should be playing. But no. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, Murray at nine, obviously. Healy, Herring, Porter, Tyburn, Anderson, Ruddick, Van der Freer and Stander. So not a hell of a lot of changes. It's as it's as it says in the tin, and it? it's a typical Irish, Irish team, and it? it's going to be hard work, and it's going to be difficult. Not much creativity with Johnny Sexton at ten, um, and hopefully they're going to hope that they're in the game with sort of twenty to go, and then see if they uh, can fling the ball about if someone like Burns comes on. But if Johnny Sexton stays on and has a hissy fit like he did last year when they played France and got taken off, uh, I can only see one thing happening, and that's a French win because they're class. I was going to say that the good news is that according to the Irish Times, Billy Burns is on the bench. So that's uh, that's good news at least because they would have been really shitty if they had dropped him after yeah. what happened in the Wales game. Yeah, agreed. Like, but then people yeah. come to Gareth Davis to be dropped as well. So. <laughs> but that, that makes more sense than dropping Billy Burns. Billy Burns was a, a simple mistake trying to get his team in the best position as he possibly could. What Gareth Davis was thinking is absolutely anybody's guess. I absolutely no idea. I don't know. You can see, like you said, when oh, he was trying to do this and it didn't come off, or he's taken that option when he should have taken this one. I just don't know what he's done. No, so yeah. I have no idea what Gareth Davis has done. And but, I, I looked at this as well on on I think it was. Tuesday this week, I rewatched some of the game. Gareth Davis has kicked the ball forward for no reason at all. Like you said, there's no option. You can't see what he's tried to do. However, Dan Biggers obviously berated him afterwards because he's kicked the ball away. But there's actually a two v two, and an actual and there's actually a chance that we could actually try and not necessarily score. But Gareth Davis pulls the defender out to the out to the wing. He makes it. He makes it a three on two. We could potentially score. Like so Dan Bigger's probably like kicking off because yes, he's kicked the ball away and there's ten seconds to go. But there's a genuine chance we could have even tried to score. But there's ten seconds to go. Why are we yeah. even trying to score? No, I get I get why, that, why but like just still in ten seconds. Like, so he, he's kicked it for no reason, but there's that's what I'm saying. There is actually an option there and he doesn't take any option, he just kicks it, which doesn't yes. I but I do think as well, and I I'd say this in the way that like if I'm Falatow, 
I'm having a word with Gareth Davis before they even park down there to say, you touch that fucking ball. And you <laughs> make it down the tunnel, pal, because that's my ball. I'm carrying into contact and we're going to quickly recycle or, or we're going to recycle and then we're going to get that fucking ball off the bar. It's going to stay in that scrum as long as I possibly can keep it in it before I think I'm going to lose it. And then we're just going through one phase and like, by all means, then pick it up and slam it off the park. But until that point, you don't fucking touch it, pal. Mm. Personally. But then, yeah. there you go. Um, predictions for, for France Island. Am I the only one that with France playing so well and Ireland looking so poor can see Ireland somehow pulling off a win on Sunday? No, nah, I've got France by 10, I think. Um, typically, I suppose, with it being away, it depends what French team turns up. Um, but um, <laughs> it's not doubling it. Um, but no, I think I think it's going to be close. But I think France will run away with it in the last twenty. So probably for France by about seven to ten points. See, I can see if France do do it, them doing it by more. I can see them really cutting them. But I'm going to go for. I'm just going to throw a cat amongst the pigeons and say fuck it. I'm going to go for France to do something horrific, another hoo-ha style punch, which his name always reminds me of something that Al Pacino would choke in a film. Um, <laughs> and them imploding and Sean Edwards ripping someone's head off at the full time whistle. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna would, go would for he, an Irish win. But if, he, if he's going to rip someone's head off at the final whistle, is he going to talk to him in French or English or in whatever accent he tried to use the other day? I, I don't think it, it'll be he'll speak to them in Wigan. <laughs> There's a lot of unhappy Wiganers already from last weekend. This could be the next one. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna go for uh, an island win. Just not to be boring. Um so there we go then we we all wrapped up for a look at this weekend and anything that might happen. We'll obviously do our review next week. Uh, before we go, though, should we have a, a quick little quiz? Yeah, let's go ahead. Go ahead. So, obviously, a nice Scottish on the weekend. Happy enough with that one. Uh, forever as well, eternal Five Nations champions from 1999. So, from the Wales-Scotland game in 99, should we have a game of, uh, can we name oh. some players in the 15? Oh, in the, Jesus. In 99? From 99. So I'm going to mix it up from last time. If you name a sub, yeah. I'm going to ask you to pick another player. That's really but, bad because I should know all of them and I honestly can't think of any. <laughs> <laughs> You've banged me right on the spot here. I knew it would be a different one. There are some obvious ones that stand out and then you can hope that he, he goes. Um, so we'll start. Johnny's our guest. So we'll start with Johnny. We'll give you two. Like, I, I imagine that someone's going to have an absolute stinker here and blow it really early on and it's going to be... Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be me because I honestly can't think of any. In case we do blow it, can we get three lives each? No. <laughs> this is going to be a full podcast. I think he's well retired by 99, but Tom Smith? Smith played. Oh, yes. Uh... Hang on. Nothing. So, right. Uh, Neil Jenkins. Played. 
I, I hope that you'd messed up there. I wouldn't have to try and think of another one. <laughs> no, um, the reason why I stopped because I just realised that '99 was the era of like Scott Gibbs try at Wembley, and I was at that game, so I'm trying to remember that squad that played in that match. And and Scott Gibbs plays Steph. It's Scott. Scott Quinnell. Quinnell played. Ninety-nine. Who was playing for Scotland? Did Scott Hastings play? I'm just about to skip over to a list with first names because I had the same thought where I was like, "Is that the right one?" <laughs> so, what were we going for? I'm going to go with Scott. Scott Hastings did not play. <sighs> Craig Quinnell. We're just going on families now, are we? Yeah. <laughs> Craig Quinnell also did not play, so we're in the... Did he not? He did not. Fuck. I'm going to guess that since you had to go and look at the first things that Gavin Hastings probably played then. I thought that Wally would have fallen for that one. <laughs> 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 Quickly dived in, but no, neither Hastings played. Ah. Um, then I'm going to go for Rob Howley. So we go on like penalty shootouts, and that's the winning one. Yeah, Rob. Ah. Rob Howley played. So the, the teams on the day were Metcalf, Cami Murray, Townsend, Leslie, Kenny Logan, Duncan Hodge, Gary Armstrong, Tom Smith, Gordon Bullock, Paul Bunnell, Scott Murray, Doddy Weir, Peter Walton, Martin Leslie, and Eric Peters. So some massive names in there. And for Wales, it was Howarth, David James, Bateman, Gibbs, Matthew Robinson. Neil Jenkins, Howley, Darren Morris, Jonathan Humphreys, Chris Anthony, Ian Goff. Ian Goff in 99. Was, 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 was Chris Wyatt at five? Wyatt was at five. Yeah. Jarvis, Nugget, and Scott Cornell. Yeah, because I'm trying I was trying to remember that England game, that England game. And I, I remembered the likes of like because I remember England, we had Nick Warren was on the on the wing, Mark Taylor played, uh mm-hmm. Howarth fullback. I think Darren Morris is one of the subs. Right, you played a different game. Now let's see a different quiz for another time. I forgot. <laughs> I, I, like you said, ninety nine, and I got confused, and then remembered that that game was in ninety nine as well. So I was just trying to remember everyone that played in that match. I, I, despite uh, Welsh fans' memory of that year, we did play more than one game in ninety nine. It's just only one night to remember. Um, <laughs> we are wrapping up. So thanks again, Johnny, for joining us, becoming a, a part of the furniture now. Um, thanks, Wally, for coming in, doing the technical stuff, and getting us online in the first place. Thanks for everyone for listening and uh, good luck for the weekend, boys. Cheers, guys. Enjoy it. Cheers, Johnny. I'd, I'd say good luck, but I don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Rock and Roll in association with health and adversity, tackling mental health together. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply